Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans or fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, welcome back, Brewer fans, to the Brew Crew Review Podcast number 50-something. Um, this is Craig. I'm joined with me by my colleagues, um, Vince and Scott. Hey, guys. Hey, Craig. How are hey, you? everybody. I'm a little cold here, as a lot of Brewer fans are here in Wisconsin, and it's going to be uh, high about negative 25 in the next couple of days. So um, this should be ugh, lots of fun. Um, Ooh, but I, I have a lot some of good news on that, though. I wanted to let you guys know. Um, here in Las Vegas, it was like 65 today, and I had my first uh, Line and Kugel Summer Shandy. I guess that's distributed already out here, so it's officially summer. So congratulations. And uh, out here in Washington, here in a couple and since, since we're transitioning to a weather report, I'll just let you guys know that here in Washington, D.C., it's, uh, it's about 30 or so today. Um, so not terribly warm, but not really that cold. There's no snow on the ground, and it was in the 40s and 50s uh, within the last week. So not not awful. I think there will be a point at some point um, in Wisconsin this week that it will actually be colder than it is at Mount Everest. Oh, wow. Just at one given time, you know, like maybe it's daytime there, nighttime here, that kind of thing. Yeah, I'm comfortably out taking taking a walk and doing this podcast right now. So we're you know it's not it's not too bad out here. <laughs> uh, and so we're assuming that you're cozied up by your warm fire or uh, wherever <laughs> listening to this podcast, um, and uh, or the heat of your computer screen wherever you are listening to this podcast. But we're going to talk about the Milwaukee Brewers. There hasn't been a whole lot that's happened since our last podcast. I don't believe it started on the Milwaukee Brewer front, except for the fact that. Uh, uh, David Stearns was promoted and given uh, to a title, I believe, president of uh, the, the club, obviously, and uh, given a, uh, an extension as well. So I guess we'll kind of start off with that as our first topic. Um, obviously, I don't think anyone's going to argue that this is not a smart move by owner Mark Antanasio. No, uh, Craig, I, I'm glad you let off with that. I think that I think that it's a great move. Um, you know, David Stearns is a guy who's come in in a relatively short amount of time. He's made the Brewers um, not only a contender, but I – well, we'll see what happens this year. But I would say uh, a year-in and year-out contender, given the way that the roster is constructed and we're not really loaded down with a ton of awful contracts or anything. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that the risk that um, was involved if we did not do a move like this was that David Stern was, Stearns was going to get poached by another organization. There were some rumors earlier in the offseason that – you know, maybe the Giants were interested in talking to him or the Mets or, or other clubs. But, um, you know, whether those were true or not, I don't know. But I am glad that the Brewers locked him up, uh, gave him a promotion. And I do think it also uh, at some point will probably mean that Matt Arnold, who is viewed as another guy who is worth uh, keeping within the organization, has a lot of talent, um, will probably be moved to the general manager position, I would guess, at some point uh, in the next few seasons if the Brewers do want to retain him as well. Um, kind of like what the Cubs do with Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer and other clubs do as well. Yeah, it was definitely That makes perfect sense. Yeah. I'm so glad that he's not going to, you know, any of those other teams. Um, obviously, 
Uh, he's just done a remarkable job. Everyone on Twitter agrees, except for like maybe one or two delusional detractors. And I mean, <laughs> other than that, I mean, you can't help but be really happy about this. The only thing that I, I really wish that I knew is like, um, terms are undisclosed. Like, I'd really like to know how how long we have him, you know, as a GM. That would be kind of a nice thing to know. But unfortunately, I, I just can't find it. Well, Scott, you've got press passes, right? Why don't you just ask them? Um, well, we're working on those press passes. Um, it's, it hasn't We haven't locked it down yet. I mean, we had them before, and we did a really great job. So uh, nobody's going to make me think that we won't get them. But uh, as of now, <laughs> playing the waiting game. Doesn't doesn't the decade rule apply at some point for um, you know the Brewers and their institutional memory? Uh, thinking about our our press pass issues prior to this. Yeah, I mean, if we had any any people that weren't a fan of our show uh, within that organization, I, I would assume that they're all long gone by now. So, <laughs> and we've got our our colleague Tom Hodricord will vouch for us. So, anyways, yeah. Um... So obviously Stearns is uh, locked up for a little bit longer and uh, given more power and uh, roles here within the organization. And I think obviously there's a lot of people on board with this. Um, definitely, definitely a good thing to be a Milwaukee Brewer fan and find that out. Um, now, one uh, thing that uh, the on-deck event just happened here in Milwaukee, and it was very well attended. I heard some rumor that it was like 17,000 people attended it and I know that they originally sold the on deck tickets for like seventy dollars a piece and I literally saw on Craigslist that they were going for about fifty bucks a pop prior to the event. However, right. um there's also been some reports that there were some issues getting people in it. Sometimes it took them like over an hour to get people in. Um and that there was uh obviously very difficult to get autographs and everything. So I guess this all comes with um when you get one game away from the World Series and you have such a successful, successful season as the Brewers 2008 season was, uh, you really bring out the fans. I think that, that really speaks to how much uh, people here in Milwaukee, at least, uh, if not around the country, Brewer fans are, are definitely fired up about the upcoming season of the Milwaukee Brewers, and Stern's news just probably got them even more fired up. So, um, yeah, that's definitely something. So, I, I know I know one of the things that it was reported as of Stearns here at the on-deck event, um, what is the plan with second base? And, again, I think everyone thought he was kind of waiting out. There were so many second base free agents as we started the, the offseason here. We thought we were kind of waiting for the best bargain deal as far as getting a good one and a good rate, especially after we splurged on our catcher, uh, Money Grandel, with $18.5 uh, a year. And so – or two five, whatever it is, a year. Yeah, so um, I think that we're probably going to hit the the bargain bin here for a second baseman. But a lot of those options have now signed with our teams. I think uh, we're kind of concerned that we're not going to sign a second baseman. And he didn't, Stern didn't go ahead and say that, but he did allude that the, that the plan for now is playing time at second base between Corey Spangenberg, um, left-handed hitter. Hernan Perez, a right-handed hitter, and even uh, in the mix, Tyler Saladino, who's uh, most likely going to be our utility infielder and our backup at short and second. Um, so I don't know. What are your guys' overall thoughts if that's indeed, uh, if we don't sign anyone else to uh, upgrade second base, and that's that's our plan going into the season? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I, I have to admit that I'm a little puzzled by it. I thought that um, we would definitely sign a second baseman going into the offseason. In fact, I – I think that most Brewer fans would have said we would have gotten a starting pitcher and a, and a second baseman. And 
we've gotten a catcher. Um, so I, I, you know, at this point, I'm really not going to question too much of what Stearns does because whatever formula he's using has turned out to be um, successful. But um, I am a little puzzled that we saw really no movement of second baseman or even even conversations, it sounded like, um, with second baseman uh, perhaps coming to the Brewers. And we've seen so many guys fall off the boards, uh, you know, within the last month. Everybody from, you know, Daniel Murphy to, to Ian Kinsler to – uh, DJ LeMahieu to, uh, um, you know, you, it just seems like every guy that we, Jed Lowry, uh, every guy that we've um, speculated about here on, on this podcast, and it seems like the national media as well has, has signed at this point. I guess that there still are a few possibilities out there. Uh, Marwin Gonzalez from the Astros is still available. Um, I think as Ruben Cabrera Josh Harrison, signed. Yeah, Josh, Josh Harrison is, yeah, Josh Harrison is still out there. Um, so there are a couple potential upgrades, I guess, that we could, you know, still still potentially sign, and maybe the dollar amounts just, you know, weren't there. And um, one thing that did, did surprise me a little bit that did come out of the on-deck event is that um, Stern told Tom Hodricourt, our colleague, point blank, that Keston Hero would not be, um, you know, on the opening day roster, and neither would Mauricio Dubon. Um, so those two guys, I guess, will not be our opening day um, starters at second. I thought perhaps maybe a guy like Dubon at least could start the year with the team and, and kind of see how it goes. Um, but I guess that's not the case either. So I don't, I don't know how comfortable I feel with, you know, Spangenberg and Saladino and Perez, three guys kind of splitting that role. And, I mean, it just seems kind of bizarre to go into the year without a for sure starter at second base when so many options were available and not all those options signed for a ton of money. Yeah, I think when first of all when you when you look at David Stern's philosophy, I'm pretty sure that he just, I don't know, runs some formula or some algorithm somewhere and just says, Okay, so if we spend this amount of money, um, it's not gonna mortgage our future and it's gonna help us get the most wins. And so therefore, uh we're we're gonna sign a catcher and you know, obviously the right. baseman they were originally looking for were uh, apparently they just weren't worth it, like money to wins ratio or whatever it may be. Um, I still wouldn't be surprised. Like it is funny because there was an article probably three weeks ago that said that the Brewers were heavily pushing for middle infield help, and now suddenly it says we're good. So obviously this is like kind of one of those things that I'm pretty sure that we just kind of leak out there and say – yeah, no, we're good, just to hope, you know, to get us leverage, kind of dig in our heels a little bit and say, you know, we're not going to overpay for what's out there. Um, having said that, I still think that, um, yeah, Marwin Gonzalez could be an option, I guess, but um, if you're looking for cheap options, Josh Harrison or, or even Logan Forsythe might be something that we look at, but who knows. Well, and I'm not, I'm certainly not opposed to a guy like Josh Harrison coming in. I think that he would be a definite upgrade over Spangenberg and, and Saladino platooning or Perez or any combination of those, those guys. And, um, you know, I, again, and the other, the other issue I see is that a guy like Hernan Perez or even Saladino to a lesser extent, um, those guys are valuable off the bench because they can play multiple positions. They're not valuable because they're a starting second baseman. So I, I hate to weaken our bench by not just going out and spending a little bit of money on a guy like Harrison. I mean, at this point, I would have, I, I, I would have gone with with Dozier or Scope uh, even back uh, for what they got for one year deals. Um, that could have been a bridge year, um, you know, to to Hira uh, at this point. 
Um, and the other guy that is still out there we probably should mention just because Stearns has already acquired him once is Neil Walker. Um, he had kind of a down year last year with the Yankees, but he did hit well with the Brewers uh, in the second half in 2017. So maybe that's another name to be to be looking for as well. I think he would be an upgrade over the guys that we currently have. But um, I guess my preference at this point would pro- probably be Harrison um, followed by Gonzalez. And then, I, you know, Walker would probably be my, my third pick uh, out of those guys. So I don't know. Um, I'm a little puzzled by it, but um, I will say that by spending the money on Grandall, we've got the best backup catcher probably in the National League. So there's that, but we just don't have a starting second baseman. Um, yeah, that makes it really rough too, because then instantly, like Manny Pena rumors came out, and um, I mean, obviously, it seems like anybody who's in looking still at uh, um, Real Muto is still, I, I guess, once he gets traded. Hopefully not to the Dodgers, but once he gets traded, um, it's pretty. I guess those teams that missed out on him are going to be calling Stearns about Pena, and it'll be interesting to see if maybe one of those teams might have a second baseman, um, you know, or a pitcher that we'd be looking at. So who knows? Right. And well, yeah, that's my, a definite my, possibility. My, my take on it is this, I guess. Um, I think that when we non-tendered scope, we thought, hey, that $10 million that we were going to have to pay him, we'll use that uh, different second baseman, hopefully a little bit cheaper. And I thought that – I think that they thought they could get, like, a Daniel Murphy or a Dozier or something uh, for that price, and I think they just didn't get him. And so while that was happening, I believe they said, hey, we didn't think we could get Yasmani Grandel for $18 million, but we can now. And he's willing to sign for one deal. We got to do this, right? And I think that's what they did. And so, therefore, they spent that money that they had allocated for second base uh, on catcher. And I think right. the reason they did that really comes down to two things, in my opinion. And this is kind of a little bit of guesswork, but um, first of all, I think David Stearns has a higher value on Trey Spanenberg than any of us and most of the people right. who follow baseball for whatever reason. So I guess I'll. Right. I'll I'll say to uh, to start with that that you know why not give him a shot and uh, Stearns is very rarely wrong appears so perhaps he's got a little gem there we don't know but anyway with that being said I think the really number one factor is that Keston Hira uh, uh, is going to be a factor for the Milwaukee Brewers in the 2019 season at, not at the beginning, obviously, and Vince uh, was said he's a little bit surprised at the fact that we wouldn't start the year with Kevon or Yura if, indeed, uh, we had an, any better option. I think the reason behind that, obviously, is I think, again, if we can delay their their RV yeah. clock and whatever a little bit by keeping them down the minors for two months or whatever it would be, um, I guess the other guy will hold the fourth down until he can be called up. and. When I say he, I, and, I would say Dubon could could fill in, but I really think it's going to be Yura because of how well he's been hitting, specifically last year in the minors. And I also want to point out that he did he was named the MVP of the Arizona Fall League, which is usually right. the last litmus test of whether or not someone's ready for the major leagues. And so I think that's a pretty clear sign that he is. Yeah, and Dubon, and Dubon, I guess it's in, maybe I misspoke when I said the word surprising because you're right. I mean, obviously the arm clock is a big deal for a team, especially like the Brewers, who you know need to be cost conscious and need to need to maintain you know our younger prospects a certain amount of years to get the most value out of them. And um, so we're looking at like a you know a June first ish uh, potential call up date for a guy like Kira if he's continuing to hit as well as he has um, once he gets to, to AAA as he did in the other levels of the minors in the Arizona Fall League, but. 
Um, Dubon, you know, he did have a major injury last year. I, I really think that he was on the cusp of being called up, like, literally within the next couple of days uh, before he suffered a season-ending um, ACL tear last year. So he, he was hitting very well at AAA. And, Scott, you can have your interns look up his, his batting average um, last year in Colorado Springs. Right? He was hitting the cover off the ball, but maybe the Brewers are being a little bit you know, protective of him just because of the fact that he did have that major injury and they don't want to throw him all of a sudden into a, a starting role in the big league club, um, you know, when he hasn't played since when last June, I think, was when he got hurt. So um, I guess that that does make a little bit of sense if we think we can bridge those first few months of the year. Um, Dubon was hitting three forty three last year with a 922 OPS when he got hurt. So, yeah, yeah. bad timing. Yeah, really bad timing because that was during Arcia's slump and Saladino was uh, recalled um, and then sent down. And then I think it could have been Dubon and then Saladino got called back up. And Yeah, yeah, right. Saladino got hurt. So, I mean, the opportunity was certainly there for him. I'm sure that we're going to see both Dubon and Hira in a Brewers uniform at some point in 2019. How much playing time and at what positions, I guess, remains to be determined. But um you know, I think that both those guys, if they continue to hit in AAA, are going to be called up. Um, if nothing else, they'll be September call-ups. But um, I, I agree with you, Greg. I think they could play a role earlier in the season as well. Good points, guys. Um, so, no, I, I, I think um, we shall see. But perhaps, mm-hmm. you know, we could have a surprise late thing. But at this point, I actually am going to take them by the word and the fact that I think we're going to start 2019 with this as our second base crew. And, uh, you know, but I think really it's pretty clear that Justin here is the future second baseman of the, of the Brewers. And I'll admit <laughs> that I was not that happy when the Brewers drafted him because I didn't think that he had the power um, to really become a star second baseman. But I think he's proven me wrong so far. Hopefully he's not in the minor leagues. And I was a little bit concerned with his injuries um, situation when he got drafted. But I think he's put a lot of those questions to rest. And obviously he's one of the – top 20 prospects in baseball and MLB.com just named them the top second base prospect in all baseball. So um, I think we got something there. So um, yeah, moving on a couple his, things that I want to go ahead. No, I was just going to say really quick, his defense was also, you know, another question that fans had when we first drafted him, because um, if I recall correctly, he didn't play much defense his senior year of college because he had suffered an injury. And I, I think that that, you know, not completely alleviated, but I, I think that his bat makes up for any defensive flaws, and he's it looks like he's improved on his defense as well. I don't think he's going to be necessarily a gold glove second baseman, but um, certainly passable, and with a bat like he's got, uh, you know, makes him a, a shoe, and I think for our future second baseman, unless we would trade him. Well, if he hits really well, he could get a gold glove, because if you hit really well, your name's going to be up. <laughs> and people just That's a good point. Like, I don't know. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> that was kind of silly. Um, one other thing I want to discuss before we move on uh, in the podcast here is uh, there's been some rumors, I don't know if you guys have been reading about this, that uh, the commissioner of uh, baseball, Rob Manafort, has been looking into a couple of things, making some future changes to MLB, and that could affect the Brewers and their philosophy under Stearns. It's kind of concerning to me. The number one one is, the fact that they are looking at possibly putting some limits on defensive shifting, which I think has really been a huge key to how the Brewers were so successful with their pitching staff last year by doing extreme shifting. And I think if there's, if there's a clampdown on that, I think that could really affect the Brewers 
um, success, I guess. And the other one that was thrown out there really recently, and I don't know if the Brewers really were a culprit of this more than other teams, but it'll definitely affect all baseball. And that's they're thinking about playing the the uh, 10-day DL, getting rid of the 10-day DL, which they just implemented a couple of years ago, and putting it back to 15-day DL, which kind of you know it limits that um, roster management. That um, you know that's why it turns like guys with options, so you can you know, keep sending them down to the minor leagues and back up and, you know, get guys on the DL when they might not actually be heard and stuff like that. So, again, I'm not saying that we're a call for that, but I think it would affect the Brewers going forward. And, again, none of these things are for sure, but I guess what are what's that for uh, your guys' take on that for a point of discussion, I guess? I, uh, well, I'll chime in, I guess. The, I, I'm opposed to, to Manfred's plan for a couple of reasons, not just because it affects the Brewers, um, you know, because Rob Manfred has to look out for the best interest of the game. But more philosophically, I, I suppose, I think that, you know, the defensive shift has been defense defense's answer to, uh, you know, increased offense. And we've seen it time and time again throughout baseball history where um, the offense has the advantage for an amount of time, the defense compensates, um, you know, and there, it's, it's part of the strategy of the game. So if you're, if you're, uh, you know, a, a batter or a hitter, you've got to you've got to be smart enough to figure out a way to beat the shift if you want to beat the shift. I don't think that you should change the rules in order to help guys who can't figure out a winning strategy. So, I personally, I really enjoy the strategic aspect of the game. Um, I think that I, I am looking forward to seeing what offensive uh, patterns develop to beat the shift over the next say ten years. Um, so, I don't think it should be artificially changed by a rule. I think it should be something that the offenses, uh, you know, are figuring out and then adapting to and then beating, and then we'll see another defensive shift, um, you know, going forward in some other way. So um, whether it's a new pitch or whether it's a mound change or whatever it is, I don't think that it should be artificial. I think that it should be something that is just a natural part of the game that offenses and defenses figure out. I'm also opposed to changing the 10-day DL. I think that's been really positive for a lot of clubs and for a lot of guys who suffer uh, – a tweak or an aging injury, you know, over 162 game season, you're going to suffer those um, little types of injuries, maybe not bad enough to be put on the 15 day DL. But I think in this case, it's, it's made it a lot easier for teams to give guys that little bit of rest, knowing that they could have them back in 10 days rather than 15. So um, I'm opposed. I, I think that it's healthy for teams overall to, to get guys who are suffering from nagging injuries uh, a little bit of rest, and I think that it also is is keeping guys generally healthier by getting them that rest when they need it, rather than trying to play through to avoid a 15 ADL stint. All right, there's a lot yeah. to unpack here, a lot, but I'll I'll try to go as fast as I can. First, um, as far as like defensive shifts go, like I think that's absolutely a strategy. It's absolutely part of the game, and it would be stupid to take it away. Um, I think that with um, regards to the 10 day DL bumping it to 15. I actually think that this might hurt other teams more than the Brewers. I think that the Brewers have done such a good job uh, since Stearns came on to get that organizational depth in AAA that with those people with options that we're able to call people up and bring people down. And um, I think that it's actually going to affect other teams that um, maybe maybe they did um, – uh, I'm not calling out any specific teams, the Dodgers, that had um, phantom injuries on their – 12-man rotation that they had, so that where their eighth-best starting pitcher was getting paid probably more than anyone on the Brewers' uh, starting rotation. But, I mean, I think that that is 
yeah, because of that, I, I think actually that that's not going to hurt the Brewers so much. Um, what else did you have in there? I can't remember anymore. There was so much stuff. No, those are the, those are the main two things. Those the, are, yeah. The, the, the 10 day deal on the shifting, really. I mean, those are, those are the two things that popped up that I thought, oh, you know, these could affect the Brewers on oh, four. And again, I think, oh, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, there's one more thing I was going to say. Um, I actually think in the next collective bargaining agreement, just because this is this is starting to come to a head a lot quicker than I think people thought, which was um, people saying that um, there's plenty of good veteran free agents out there now that aren't getting jobs or they're getting jobs at the last minute for much less than they actually hoped. Um, I think that the MLB is going to do a job creation, and I, I actually think that we're going to have the DH in both leagues. Um, after the next bargaining agreement. And that could be one concession to the players' union because certainly the players' union has shown uh, you know, displeasure, I guess would be a mild word, um, at the current free agent class, not getting contracts like they thought that they would. And, you know, we've seen it last winter a bit too, and this winter has been a continuation of that theme, but it just seems like a couple of key free agents can really lock up the market for like the entire winter. I mean, we're still waiting on Bryce Harper and Manny Machado to sign somewhere, and There'll be some guys then that can, you know, get their situations figured out. But um, overall, we're still left with a lot of good players who aren't finding homes because teams are choosing to go with younger, more cost-controlled, cheaper options. And, um, yeah, I mean, the DH thing, Scott, that's definitely one way that the players' union might be appeased. Um, Interesting. I'm surprised it hasn't been talked about more. If it's not this bargaining agreement, I think it'll be the next one, but I'm, I'm really surprised that I haven't heard more of that in the media. Yeah, that that and, that and franchise expansion could be the two ways that you solve that issue pretty quickly. Um, Las Vegas, I don't know if Nevada? They want... No, no, but yes. I don't yes. – <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that MLB wants to go down that road uh, with happening. expansion yet. But they've but it, already well, got it might, the land it, cleared. It's right next well, to Rio. It's going to happen. Um, it's not you happening. Just job, you just want a job in baseball. But um, you know, we <laughs> haven't seen we haven't seen expansion in the major leagues since 1998 uh, with the Diamondbacks and the Tampa Bay Rays. So it has been a number of years now at this point. We're talking over 20 years. Which, if you look in the you know post World War II era of baseball history, um, that's probably one of the longer stretches that I can think of, at least, uh, without expansion. So they could, they could, in theory, bump up to 32 teams. Yeah. So, um, and there's some more things, including uh, more topics for a future podcast. Once there are all the free agents assigned, kind of as we move towards spring training, we can talk a little bit about um, the, the, diff, the what, what has happened to the free agent market and uh, whether or not that's going to be a factor in the next collective bargaining agreement as well as like something has to be done uh, because these free agents are not getting what they feel is worth and, uh, because of some of the points you made. So we'll talk about that in a future podcast, but for now, I think you guys answered the questions I had and that um, regarding, you know, things that will affect specifically the brewers. So, um, Craig, did you talk, right, did you well, talk to our, did you talk to our anonymous source, Tom Carter, about uh, his thoughts on where um, and when uh, Machado and Harper might sign? Oh, well, yeah, Tom, Tom Carter, yeah. Well, Tom wants to be called. I don't know, but um, I got that question loaded up for you guys in our rapid nine, so we won't give that totally away. But TC, again, he, he asked me specifically to tell you guys not to say his whole name. And mm-hmm. he said he actually never, since you guys don't understand what anonymous means, he said just don't say his name. 
sorry, you said use layman's terms. I don't know what that means, but yeah, uh, why yeah. are you using well, all these $5 words? Can we just well, say yeah, our, our great source, Tom Carter, who's anonymous? Well, let's call him I don't know why Tom Carter would have to confuse, like, befuddled me such a word like layman. I don't even know what that is, but anyway. Why don't we why don't we call him our anonymous, eponymous source, Tom Carter? Did he coach the Marlins? <laughs> Something, like, Something that. like that. All right. Well, uh, we're running out of time in this podcast. So let's do our rapid nine. We have nine um, minutes. No pressure. All right. Minutes. Here we go. Scott, use your brain. Take your fast take brain. Your, Here we go. Take, um, take your time, Scott. Name first inning. Name one current free agent that you'd like the Brewers still to sign before the 2019 season starts. What? Who maybe their lead off? All right. Um, I, I will quickly just say. Uh, but I guess not so quickly. Um, That's okay. Yeah, I, I'll go, go first. I'll say, I'll say Josh Harrison. Oh yeah, you just took mine. Okay, I'll. Uh, no, I like Harrison too, Craig. Uh, just to be different, I'll say, I'll say we get. You also say none because there might not be. No, many no, I'll, left. I'll go. I'll go. Marwin Gonzalez uh, from the Astros, though I think it's more realistic that we trade for Starlin Castro from Miami. Huh. Scott? I don't know. I'll say Logan Forsythe. I don't know why. <laughs> all right. It's, it's interesting we're all still focusing on second base, even though we just admitted that we were not doing anything. <laughs> at second base. I think I, I'm wondering more so about our rotation, but that leads me to our second question. <laughs> um, and this might take a little time. No, it shouldn't take time. But anyway, let's uh, name the Brewers starting five rotation to open the year. Not in order necessarily, but just which five pitchers will okay. be in a rotation. Uh, I'll go Shasin, uh, Nelson. Um, boy, I guess we're going to have to throw <laughs> Davies in there, uh, uh, Peralta, and we'll say Corbin Burns, and then uh, I think Anderson may get dealt. I don't know why I think that, but we'll see. We'll see. It's possible. Good picks. Scott? Uh, I should have said Wade Miley. I know that I thought you were going to say <laughs> for the last question. I thought one of you guys were going to throw, throw, in a, throw in a free agent we haven't signed or something, but anyway. Yeah. Now. Um, okay, I'll say um, Jessine and Peralta, Burns, Woodruff, and Davies. <laughs> um, well, yeah, we're all going to be different. I'm surprised no one threw Keiko in there, but no, I won't do that either. It's not happening, unfortunately. Um, but yeah. mine will be will be Chasin, uh, Chase Anderson, Zach Davies, Corbin Burns, and Freddie Peralta. But I think Peralta could get bumped for a, a last-minute signing. Hopefully, some of them Wade Miley. And quick throwing out there, I know you guys probably want to discuss it, but I would have liked to have Drew Pomeranz and what the Giants got him at, but what can you do? That's um, disgusting. What was it, one and a half million? Three and a half, but whatever. Uh, yeah, still, just move on. Still, I, have to, um, I, I, I will just say really quick, I do think Brandon Woodruff makes the team, but I think he's coming out of the bullpen. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, here we go. Then the next thing is make it fast. Um, third inning, name a team. You, name either team or how much you think uh, Bryce Harper will sign for. 
Oh God! Uh, just do just do the years and the and the contract. If you want to throw out a team, you can do that. And escalators but, but. and yeah, uh, yeah. That's why. It's, How long? That's it's why it's hard. Be? I'll say Harper ends up in Philadelphia uh, at this point. I don't think the Dodgers are actually going to sign him. We'll see, but I'll go Philadelphia and I'll say six years. They've got the money. Okay, Scott. I don't know. Um, I actually was going to say Philly too, and I was. Thinking like you can still ten, say that, Scott. Look, we need to get I going. I mean, I'm gonna, and I'll say like I don't know, ten, ten years, two fifty. I don't know. Okay, Chad, there you go. That's you, good. Chad, what do you I, think? I will say uh, that it'll Chad's be not, a Chad's only like a seven-year contract. <laughs> only seven, seven. That's more than I gave him. <laughs> seven years. Seven years, two hundred million with the. I'm gonna say Phillies too. Yeah. All right, moving on to the fourth inning, the same similar question. Um, Manny Machado, how many years, what teams? Okay. Um, I think Machado ends up with a shorter deal, actually. Uh, maybe a, I'm not going to call it a pillow contract, but let's call it a three-year deal somewhere. And I don't think it's going to be the Phillies. I don't think it's going to be the Yankees. Um Oh, that's a great question. I actually am going to say that he is maybe the Padres. I mean, it's weird, but they spend money like nobody's business. So we'll say a three-year deal with a lot of clauses and uh, options to San Diego. Makes no sense. Um, I'm going to say that he goes to Chicago, but not the Scrubs, the White Sox. And I don't know, I'll say like 8200 I don't know. Yeah, that's probably more realistic. Kind of stole my thunder a little bit, like he always does. But anyway, I'll also go White Sox for Machado, and I'll say uh, six years, hundred and forty million. Okay, not the, Brewer, um, not the Brewers for one, not the Brewers for one year, and then uh, nah, second. Nah, I don't even want them for one year. I wouldn't want them for um, one game. <laughs> all right, well, okay, this, this, yeah. this will be the last freedom one, but uh, Craig. Kimbrell, I, I have no idea what this guy's going to sign. What? What? Are you, what are you, I guess just forget the contract. What? Who? Where, predict where Craig Kimbrell will sign. Oh God, uh, Kimbrell oh. will sign. Yeah, that is kind of a tough one. I mean, the Braves could really use him, and he played there, and there's some familiarity. I just don't think that they're going to have the money to sign him. But the longer he sits out there, you just never know. I'm going to. I'm in a weird twist that he goes back to Atlanta for one year. Um, I'll say he gets a multi-year deal and goes to Boston. Back to Boston. I'll say, unfortunately, my pick is going to be he's going to sign a shocking two-year, high-priced, somewhat deal with the Chicago Cubs. And it's going to mess us up, but what can you do? Okay, with that being said, um, six-inning meme, the NL Central team that you think has improved the most so far this offseason. Don't have to go into detail. I'll just throw it out there. The Reds. Oh, sorry. It wasn't my turn. Uh, you can go first, Scott. Yeah, Scott, you're a great man. Do whatever you want. All right, Reds. Reds. Uh, I'm going to unfortunately say the Cardinals is getting Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah. Um, I like what the Reds – I agree with Scott. The Reds have really improved, and they just got Sonny Gray for very little. And so – but with that being said, 
I mean, they've remade their entire rotation, and they've added – I just don't like the guys they brought out. I don't like Camp and Quig, so I'm not going to get it the Reds. No. I'll say Cardinals, unfortunately, too, just for Goldsmith alone, unfortunately. All right, well, moving I don't on. Think, uh, I don't think, a team, I don't think make, a team making a ton of moves just to make moves is necessarily the right answer either, which is, I kind of feel like what Cincinnati is doing. That being said, there was a report out tonight that they're close to landing JT Real Mudo from the Marlins. That could be interesting. Oh, that is interesting. All right, seventh inning. Scott, how much are, are we on time here? Uh, we got a little over a minute, so we're kind of screwed. Oh, okay. Well, this, we're just this. This will be a set. This will be the last inning. Um, what? Uh, quick, Sorry, man. What do you guys disagree on any of the Hall of Fame inductees, which were, of course, Mariano Rivera, Roy Holiday, Edgar Martinez, and Mike Messina? If you agree, if you agree with them all, say yes. If you didn't, name which player you didn't agree with. Yes, I like them all. I like them all. Edgar could Martinez I, was a little on the fence, but I'll vote him in. And I, I could I, go either way on, on Harold Baines, though. You forgot to mention Harold Baines and Lee Smith being uh, voted in by the Veterans Committee. Yeah, that's probably a whole other discussion on the next podcast. Yeah. But I'll, I'll actually say I like them all, too, but I actually was more, more on the fence of Messina than I was with Edgar Martinez, actually. I, yeah. I'm glad Edgar got in. So that's a wrap, guys. Yeah. Um, another great podcast. We'll hopefully – some more guests on in the future, uh, some former brewers, hopefully, and other special guests. But uh, good episode, guys, and uh, really looking forward to spring training coming up in the Brewers 2019 season. So, without further ado, yeah, go Brewers, guys. Stay classy. Give us a follow on Twitter. Go Brewers. Go Brewers.